What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. I am super grateful you're here listening. And I'm just going to let a few moments set in to let my gratitude set in for you, uh, you being here today. I really appreciate you. All right. Today is episode 137. We've got a special friend, dear friend of mine um, on the podcast, Ely Howie. And um, before we get in the quote of the day, Ely, I really appreciate you um, you coming on. Thanks for inviting me, dude. I'm excited. I've, I've wanted to be on this podcast for a while. So I know we've been talking about it for a while, so I'm excited. Um, quote of the day, this one was just on my heart. I was thinking about it earlier, is the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. It's episode 137. Ely, do you just want to give a quick intro of who you are and uh, what you do? Is this my bragging rights time? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sound like a a narcissist. Um, I am a magician. I am a social media influencer, comedian. Um, I uh, I do a lot of different weird things. Uh, I've been doing magic my whole life since I was four years old. Um, I've been able to tra- <clears throat> excuse me travel the world, eleven countries, twenty five states. Um, on top of magic, uh, I got into the social media game when I was mm. like twelve years old. Instagram started on Instagram. Uh, now. I'm, <clears throat> working on my TikTok account, which it's uh pretty interesting. I love I love this uh these opportunities that keep uh being given to us so uh, to grow and to get get our voices out there. <clears throat> and um other than that, you know, I'm I, I'm a college dropout. I own a couple coffee shops in Cleveland and that's it, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, Ely and I actually connected through some mutual friends. If you listened to the podcast a long time ago with uh Andor Creative, all those boys, they run in the same circle with Ely. And uh I remember actually I wanted to bring this up. Like the first time I met you, dude, I just felt like genuine, like authentic vibes from you. And it just like like you know when you have those like friendships <clears throat> where it's like you just skip all the stages and you're just like, all right, this dude is my guy. That's yeah. how I felt with you. Um, I appreciate it. Ditto. And so I always love your energy and seeing you and uh, doing all your things. Thank you, bro. Um, I I'm curious, like, so you said you started magic when you were four, right? Yeah, four years old. How did you? How did that start? How did you get into it? What's like the backstory to that? Yeah, dude. So, like, randomly, out of the blue. Um, well, I mean, I guess, like, this is something I've never told anyone, actually. Like, the back back story is, like, I was, like, three years old in Lebanon with my family. And we were, get, we were coming back from Lebanon to the U.S. And I remember being on a train. And on this train, I, uh, in Lebanon, I don't know who gifted it to me, but I, I remember I got one of these, like, coin sliders. It's a magic mm-hmm. trick where you put a coin into a slider, you close the slider, you wave your hand over it, you open the slider, and then there's no more coin. You make the yeah. coin disappear, and then you can like close it again, and then the coin reappears. So I remember that being like the first trick that I learned, and I and I was like, okay, this is really cool. And I asked my mom or some something, maybe she just figured that I wanted a magic kit. But um, when I was four years old, she gifted me a magic kit, and um. I would show those magic tricks to people like the adults in my family, mm-hmm. uh, my aunts and uncles. And dude, they acted like I was Houdini, even if it was the worst trick they, they'd <laughs> ever seen. They were like freaking out, rolling over the floor. Um, they made me feel really special. So uh, that like instilled a confidence in me. And um, it just, yeah, I took off from there. I, I didn't. I didn't look back. I just kept going, <laughs> and I practiced magic every single day since then. So, mm. yeah, I don't, it's crazy. It's like I fell into it. Yeah, I love those those stories. Like, same with me. Just like connecting with people. Um, I tell the story all the time. When I was seven, 
me, Sam, and my dad used to go to the Boneyard and we watched football games. And the Boneyard played every NFL game. And it's, yeah. it was because my dad was a Steelers fan in Cleveland. And I used to go during commercial. I used to go up to every table and ask who they were cheering for and why. Like, I had to know why. And it's it's kind of crazy. But also when I think about it more like what people did as a child shows up a lot in what they yeah. do later in life. I think a lot of people just don't look towards their childhood. Not only that, I think I think that like children are super impressionable. So like I think that what they also hear and see has to do a lot with how they grow up. I mean a lot of the people in my life who like had a significant role are people who I, I met once and well, I've never seen again, but they did something that uh tremendously impacted me. Um I'll give you a quick example. When I was in high school like a freshman, I didn't have a pencil to go to my class. And I was like frantic, like looking for a pencil in the hallway by my locker. And uh, this kid named Corey Bittner, <laughs> he was a senior at the time. He, he's like, what's up, dude, what's wrong? I'm like, dude, I can't find a pencil. Like, it's my first day. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, he's like, no, no, no sweat, dude. Like, here's a, uh, here's a whole pack of mechanicals. And uh, I was like, bro, like, I only need one. He's like, no, just keep the whole thing, dude. No sweat. Mm. And like that, and like, I'm not close with Corey, but like um, forever, that will be something that uh, I'll remember and something that uh, it was so impressionable to me uh, and life altering. So it's like the little things that, you know, kids can see and hear, you know, this experience that changed their entire course. So that's why when like people meet me, I'm trying to definitely leave an impact, like leave a mm. long lasting, uh, do something out of the ordinary that they can remember. Um, Cause I think that's very important. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of that quote, like people don't remember like what you say, but how you made them feel. Exactly. Yeah. And do you feel that showing up and like when you do like a magic show or something, is that something that you like constantly think of a lot or? Definitely. Definitely. I think it, it has to do with <clears throat> just like less talk, more action, you know, mm. <clears throat> like there's magicians out there like, like Penn and Teller, like Penn or excuse me, Teller doesn't uh, speak at all during the show. Mm. But he performs magic, wonderful, wonderful magic. And he's not the only magician that doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. A magician has just come on, played this <laughs> beautiful soundtrack, and while the music is playing, they're doing magic. And I think that those actions, the magic that the, the people are watching, the spectator, they don't necessarily need someone to explain what's going on. They just see it and it leaves that because now they go home and 20 years later they're telling their kids yeah. about how this magician you know made a, a dove fly out of his hands and mm. uh without saying a word and they remember the magician's name but and they remember what he did right so. how did you like develop your own style with magic a great question i think like just meeting a bunch of people in my industry and learning from them, doing magic jams. Uh, I think that, like, the one thing that I was good at from the get-go, just like you, Gabe, is, like, talking to people. And I was able to meet, like, all these, like, really popular magicians, like, at an early age who, mm -hmm. you know, were making the money, who were, you know, selling tickets in Las Vegas. and just doing things that I, I've only dreamt of. And the only thing that I can do is ask some questions and watching their shows. You know, if you, if you watch my show, which you're going to have to come to one, uh, yeah, I know. but, but my show consists of like so many different jokes and like different things that I say that were like accumulated from watching all these mm. other magicians and comedians and like 
I take different things that people say and I like stitch it into my own. Um, one joke that I always like to tell about, like, like this is one that I always pull on. This is from another magician. I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna use this in all my shows. <laughs> and so w- one joke I always tell is I, you know, when I'm doing magic like halfway through and people are like freaking out, I like tell I stop and I take a moment and a deep breath and I'm like, you know, I wasn't gonna tell you guys this, you know, but today I actually signed a two-year contract or excuse me, a one-year contract with uh, with Netflix. And everyone goes crazy and they're like clapping and they're like, oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, thank you so much, you guys. It's actually amazing because you guys can sign the contract too. It's only $9.99 a month. <laughs> Unlimited streaming. You know, you get all these different shows and people hate me when I say that. They're like, that's so good for you. But, um, but yeah, there's like, those are little things that I pull from different shows and I uh, take them and use them into my own tricks and I've developed a routine. You know, I've done my shows thousands of times. <clears throat> so it's just, um, it's just practice. And uh, over time, you know, you tweak things and eventually you have uh, something great. And I'm always tweaking, dude. I think my show will be very different next year than it is right now. Mm. Yeah. I love that. It's, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta come out and see one. Um, just to i love watching people in their craft like whatever it may be like sometimes when sam my older brother is like coaching classes or like has a client i just sit down and watch him like how he coaches or Mm. our other buddy alex who did olympic weightlifting like how he would like i would just sit and watch him while he was lifting and like how he did things and it's very like um particular like the small movements and stuff yeah it's just interesting to to watch people craft, but also like the inspiration you get from those people around you. Like when I'm around you, Jared, Geyerman, like all those people, it's like, we're in different sectors kind of, but all together, like I find so much inspiration from you guys and just like learning. So. Ditto bro. I think that like, it's, it just goes back to like, show me your friends. I'll show you the future. I think that I'll tell everybody like, the easiest way to become a millionaire is to hang out with millionaires. Uh, the easiest way to become a great magician is to hang out with great magicians. Uh, so, like, I think that, you know, what's also interesting is, like, you sitting there and, you know, watching your, your buddy who's a weightlifter doing his little movements. It's just something that I also enjoy doing is, like, watching other people do those things in their craft because, you know, like my cousin Alex, like he, uh, yeah. he wanted to, he wanted to lose some weight, you know, and he started hanging around, uh, Kyle Cummins, who's yep. a weightlifter and dude, my cousin looks great. He's been doing it consistently for months and months and months. And uh, he's lost so much weight and I'm so proud of him. But like, and that just goes to show dude, like if you, if you stick your head in one direction, uh, with a person who's particularly, particularly good in that, uh, area, Mm-hmm. then you're bound to be good too, bro. It's just right. crazy. Yeah. Mm. How so. did, when you were younger, like starting off with magic, how did you get like your foot in the door to start being around these magicians? Like, how did you go about that? So, <clears throat> I have my opinions on meta and, and how they have handled Instagram. I'm not going to get into that, <laughs> but I will say that um, Instagram was huge for that. Uh, when I was like 12 years old, uh, at the time, it was so easy just to DM somebody, even if they were like famous and just like get a response. Yeah. And what I learned from an early age is um, the worst someone could say is no. Uh, they, a lot of people call it rejection therapy, um, mm-hmm. which... I, I never really have done that because I've just been rejected so many times that I guess that was my rejection therapy. Huh. Um, so, like, my dad, when I was in fourth grade, I really liked this girl. Her name was Maddie. And my my dad, I basically came up to him. It was almost Valentine's Day. And I was like, Dad, I really want to ask this girl to be my girlfriend. And he was like, dude, you're in fourth grade. But, like, you know, whatever, I'll help you. I'll buy you chocolates and flowers to give her tomorrow. 
Yeah. And so he bought me chocolates and flowers. And I was really nervous. And my dad goes, listen, the worst you could say is no. But at least you had the balls to, like, ask her uh, on a date, basically. Yeah. So I walked up to her wearing my little bow tie in fourth grade, dude. And I uh, I handed her some flowers and chocolates. And um, she uh, she was like, no. But she took the flowers and chocolates. And I was so happy. And she's like, why are you so happy? And I was like, because I actually asked you. And I'm like, I feel good that I asked you. And then, mm. like. And I was like, you definitely keep the chocolates and stuff. I was like, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> but like, I like felt so good afterwards that I like, even though I got rejected, I was like, dude, I, like I actually like after. So going into like when Instagram was a thing, like only a couple of years later, um, you know, when I was 14 or 12, uh, for the 14 age area, I was mm-hmm. DMing, dude. That's all I did for two years. Like DMing, mm-hmm. like as many famous people as I can, dude. I have like, DMs with Justin Bieber from like 2013, where it's like, <laughs> like no response. Like he didn't respond to me at all. But like I just like literally looked up on Google celebrities, and I messaged so many. And a lot of the time, it like worked. Like I did mm-hmm. get some nice uh, replies. And my goal is just to like reach out to a bunch of famous people and like ask them questions and stuff. Um. I'm gonna get my battery so pumped this time. I'm gonna find a charger in a minute. But basically, basically, um, like I just started reaching out to magicians and I like just hit up a bunch of magicians from like not the area, but like famous, famous magicians like David Blaine, David Copperfield, like Chris Angel, you know, all these different guys, Dynamo in Australia. And where is he? Is he British? I don't know, but I. I basically hit up all these magicians. Yeah. And I got some responses, dude. And um, it was really cool. But at the end of the day, like, I just had them in my DMs. Yeah. So that didn't really, like, help me, like, kick my foot through the door. But it definitely, like, instilled in me that, like, okay, like, I could still talk to famous people at a young age. And, like, I remember seeing Smoothini on um, America's Got Talent. And yeah. I uh, hit him up, like, and he, like, DM me back and was, like, keep practicing. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> but when I was 16, I um, I looked up Rich Smith Jr. I looked at magicians near me, and Rich Smith Jr. popped up, and he's a magician from the area. And at the time, he wasn't, like, famous like mm-hmm. he is now. And uh, I called the number, and he answered. He was like, Rich Smith Jr. here. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, Which is crazy, because, like, all these years later, Rick's my manager, and um, he also, uh, like, I'm like one of his best friends. I love the dude to death. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the time, I was just freaking out. I was like, "Is this really you?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Bro, like I, I want to shadow you." And so I didn't even drive at the time. And my aunt, uh, she drove me to Pennsylvania to watch one of his school shows, and it was like yeah. so cool. And after the show, he asked me to show him a magic trick, and I did. And I showed him a magic trick, and he's like, dude, that is badass. Like, I'm taking you on tour with me. So, yeah, the rest is history. Dude. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, bro. I went on an absolute tangent there. No, no, no. You're good. Um, So, when you were 16, you put yourself out there, and then, like, all the work that you put in for all those years, like, finally came into fruition, and he's yeah, like, just learning how to talk to like adults. Yeah, and he's like, "All right, I'm taking you on tour." Yeah, I think that he like saw a maturity in me. He saw like I'm hungry, bro. Like so hungry, um, and I was so hungry that like I pulled out my best tricks when he asked to show me like magic. And I remember he showed me a trick and just blew my mind. Like happy, <laughs> I was like, I was so mad because I was so cocky too. Like I was 16 and I was like, I'm gonna show this. This guy a magic trick, and he's gonna like <laughs> think I'm the best. And then he showed me a magic trick, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need, I have work to do, bro." That was so sick. Uh, yeah. The magic trick he showed me was he had me pick a card, and I was like, "Is this guy serious?" Like doing card <laughs> tricks, bro. Like I was doing tricks with my phone and stuff. He's like, "Pick a card." So I pick a card and like say it's the Ace of Hearts. Uh, I actually remember what card it was. It was the Five of Hearts because uh-huh. uh, I, I had him sign it, and it's, I still have that card today. But um. He's like, all right, put the put your card back in. And so I uh, I put the card back in, 
the middle of the deck. He takes he splits the deck in half and he has one like side of the deck facing up and one side of the deck facing down. He he um shuffles them together like in and out. And uh-huh. I'm like stressed out now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like all these cards are shuffled together in and out. It looked terrible. Here, I thought literally like this is this is what it looked like. I'm gonna show you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I put the five of hearts back in the deck. He takes the deck and he shuffles it up like this. So now oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like this. And gotcha. I'm like, all right, what is this guy doing? So he's like, all right, do you see your card like anywhere in here? I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, all right. And he fans the cards and he has me hold it, right? And say you're Rick. He takes a picture of me. And I can see like the cards are like mixed, like yeah. some face down, some face up. He takes a picture of me holding the cards. And he's like, all right. He's like, how impressed would you be if I wave my hand over the deck of cards? All of them go back to normal except for your card. I'm like, dude. I'd be super impressed. Like, there's uh-huh. no way. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> so he waves over. He snaps his fingers. He's like, "Look!" And I start looking through, and there's still, there's still like this. And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, well, you didn't do it." He's like, "No, no, no, not the deck of cards." Like, remember the photo I just took of you? Look at the photo. So I look at the photo, and bro, the one is holding the deck of cards, and only one card. It was upside down. And it was the five of hearts. It was the five of hearts. Dude. Sticking right out. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. And so I like begged him for like two months to tell me how to do that trick. He finally did. (laughs) 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 But it was so cool. That's awesome. I think there's, there's a lot of power in just like going right to the top person in your industry or wherever you want to go. And like shooting your shot with them. I think we sell ourselves short a lot on like oh, yeah. what we can do, what we can accomplish. And I think um you 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 know this best, but I've been thinking about this a lot. With um with proper alignment comes proper assignment. So mm. like when you're aligned, like walking in your shoes, doing your thing, the right things will come up, you know. Yeah. And so that's what I've been thinking about lately, like with the podcast for three years like being completely transparent, like we made no money. It was literally just me recording interviews with people. And now oh, it's like slowly starting to pick up right after yeah. three years of doing it. And right. then it's like, I got my first speaking engagement last week at a high school. And I was like, when, when it first happened, I was like, yo, there's no way this is happening, you know? And then I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, Gabe, like you've put in these past, like three, four years of work. Like this yeah. is just what, the seed that you planted a long time ago. Yeah. And um, I think like when you keep just walking in the shoes that you're supposed to be walking in, the right things come up. It just might take time. I, I am a hundred percent with you. I'm so I'm my religious belief. I'm a Christian. And like, I strongly believe that God puts um, stepping stones in people's lives to become who uh, they're meant to be. So like, uh, you know, I had a mentor named Joe Vaughn when I was in high school and, uh, he was just like, uh, like basically he was like a leader at this church I went to. And this dude was super cool, man. Like he yeah. was like just a dope dude. And, um, I remember I like came up to him and I was like, you know, Joe Vaughn, I, uh, I pray about school all the time. I can't get good grades. Like, I, I'm like, please, like, God, give me good grades, please. Like, yeah. my parents are going to grab me. And uh, he's like, dude, you need to change your prayer. I'm like, what do you mm. mean? Like, instead of asking for good grades, ask for um, help studying. Like, ask, ask God to help you focus on studying. And so I did. And, like, I felt power in that. And I studied my ass off. And uh, I got straight A for the rest of, like, high school. Uh, mm. And I was, like, always... Uh, thinking about that and just like dude there's always been like hardships and like I think what makes me so optimistic and is like gratitude bro because like there's so many hardships in my life that like I look Mm -hmm. at as a good thing like whereas a lot of people will unfortunately look at the hardships in their lives and only see like the negative in it where like I think like we like for instance you're not making any money on a podcast for three years. Most people would give up. 
I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that that's a stepping stone, bro. And once you overcome that, oh, am I am I frozen? Yeah, you're frozen. You're in and out. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, you're Dude. like. Do you, do you see your seizure. eyes? Yeah, what's <laughs> going on? What is going on? Oh, oh. Whoa. I've never seen this before. Me neither. It's like I'm kind of like you. It's like yeah, you it's coming in and out. Um, hold up. Can you hear me fine? I can just stop my video. Okay, hold up. Turn your video back on. Okay, now you're back. That was so weird. I've never seen anything like that. You know what? Let me check my battery. That might be why. Yeah, let me get my thing on a charger real quick, dude. You're good. But l- let me just finish this thought, though. Is like, here, it's doing it again. I'm just going to stop the video for a second. Okay. Um, so just to finish the thought is like, I think that like there are hardships for a reason. Like, we need to complete those like tasks almost. Like, like their missions. And once we complete those hardships, like we move on to the next level. Mm. But I think that it's sometimes impossible to move on to the next level unless you change, you know? And and with with that being said, I just I just watched this amazing video where this where this gentleman said, you know, to make a million to make a million dollars is hard. Yeah. To make two million dollars, to make a, an, an additional one million dollars is inevitable like you're yep. going to you're going to make another million but the the reason why the first million is hard is because you have to figure out how to be a millionaire like what do million how do millionaires act how are they right. uh as a person and so you know you become that millionaire now you know how it's done mm. you've done all those stepping stones you know and now it's just easy it's inevitable to make a second million and mm. I think about that a lot because right now I'm not a millionaire, dude. I, I, I'm barely a thousandaire, dude. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do yeah. know that um, it's all growth. It's all growth, dude. I'm going to plug in my laptop. I feel like that's going to help. So yeah, yeah, let me do that real quick. And you can talk to me while I do this. <laughs> it's all good, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I've heard that a lot. Just like the first millions the hardest and then it's like once you get it down like you get it down but that's just like it's just like everything else um i think a lot about like my childhood and sports and how that translates so much into my life now um like all right you can't do a left-handed layup sit down and do left-handed lips for the next two hours you know and just do that every day um i remember i couldn't dribble with my left hand and I showed I was at one of my cousin's games and I showed my dad. I was like, hey, dad, like, look at me dribbling with my right hand. And he goes, he's like, that's really good. He's like, but can you dribble with your left hand? And I was like, I was like, no, I can't. And he's like, well, let's see if you can work on that. And so literally oh, cool. since that day, I would just dribble with my left hand. And when it came to like fifth, sixth grade basketball, I was like more comfortable dribbling with my left hand than my right. Like just because I, yeah, I used it so much and I was like, all right, like I'd rather go with my left hand than my right, even though I'm shooting with my right. And it's just, I don't know. Those things translate so much into my life now. I feel like. Dude, I love that. I love that, bro. I think that's sick. And I think it's sick that your dad is like pushing you to like do something different, bro. And I think that's important, man. Like, I think that um, people are stuck in their comfort zone sometimes. You're probably comfortable with that right hand, dude. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, left hand, why don't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool, man. I think it's, there's a lot of power too. I tell my dad a lot, like, he believed in me, like, before I even, like, believed in myself. Like, whatever basketball camp, whatever thing it was, like, this dude was at every tournament. He signed me up for different camps. Like he really believed in me and it didn't like, it took me until like later in life to like, look back at, you know, basketball, football, 
school, like at Ed's, I, he signed me up for the IB program. And he's like, you can do this, Gabe. Like you're intelligent. You're supposed to be in that room. Yeah. And I just like started to believe in him and what he was saying. And then it was like yeah. the right thing started to happen. Like I started convincing myself that I was supposed to be in that room, you know, with all these kids who are, I I say way more intelligent. I was the one of the least intelligent in the room, <laughs> right? That's what I'll say. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like that one person believing in you, you never know how far it could take someone else, you know? There's a um there's an old story where um the school makes a mistake and puts oh, this yeah. uh person in a higher education class, basically like an advanced level class, and uh that student is not like a high level, like per se, like people would say that they are um you know an average student but mm. uh because that student is in that class and uh felt like uh you know he's just you know he or she is surrounded by all these other like very intellectual individuals who are you know in these advanced classes uh they believe that they belong there and um they did really well and they excelled but uh it wasn't until like after that student got like an a plus in the class that they found out that they didn't actually belong there. And they're like, dude, that's crazy because I just mm. killed it in this class. You know mm. what I mean? So sometimes it just takes that push, dude. Um, I feel that though with my family. I think that we're very blessed and lucky, bro, because like my family did the same thing, just like it was instilling like the belief of um like like they believe in me first. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a true fact, dude. And, and that helped with growth a lot. Mm. yeah we're we're super blessed and i'm grateful for like like just the family and like when i look at my my grandparents on my mom's side when they like came to america and like built this legacy i think about like the hardships sometimes or like the things that i think are hard and i'm yeah. like man like bunu and bobby would have killed to have this opportunity you know yeah. like yeah. to get an education or like to go on this trip, like with this company, like, man, like, I don't even know. Right. But you know, what's crazy is they were probably so grateful at your age and saying the mm. same thing about like their. Right. Exactly. <laughs> dude. Like That's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's, it's wild when I think about it. Like my mom grew up on a farm in Serbia and my dad yeah was in West Virginia, would have worked at the steel mill his whole life if he didn't get laid off. Like wow. that, that was, you know? And so it's wow. like these small decisions, things that change that just change the course, you know? Dude, that's like, you know, same with my parents. Like my, my dad was born in Lebanon. My mom was born here. It, it's so, it's almost impossible to just see how like, everything kind of came together like yeah. everything had to go in a perfect order for us to even be here dude you know, i know so, it's so weird you know it's so weird to think about mm. uh, wow just grateful to be alive all right yeah. so if you haven't seen ely's tiktok or college videos you got to check them out but what inspired inspired you to go that path like start doing these walking interviews asking people questions bro i was uh i was at ou visiting my sister in september and um i just wanted to make sure she was good bro it's her first semester of college yeah so i was like <laughs> big, you're doing big bro duties like you gotta big, go big bro duties and i was a little worried because like I've, I've been to ou a few times and it was never to study so, I mean, I, I wanted to know what she was up to. So, um, I went down to Athens and uh, I'm there. And I've been seeing these interview question videos where people are like, I don't know it. And then they like, yeah. you know, talk to people. And I'm like, dude, I could do these way better. Like, I kind of like have like, an idea of like what I could ask and like how I can make it goofy and blah, blah, blah. So basically, I was just watching those like for the last two weeks before being in Athens. Mm -hmm. I get there and I'm hanging out with my sister, and she's like, "Hey, let's um, let's go hang out with like me and my like my roommates." And they're all like eighteen year old girls, and I'm like, "Maya, 
I gotta be honest with you, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't want to, like, be surrounded by, like, you and your roommates. I was like, I'll tell you what. I've been watching these videos, um, these interview things. Have you seen them? And she's like, yeah, I've seen them. I'm like, all right. Well, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you follow me around with a camera. I have no clue what I'm doing either. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and you um, you record me, basically, um, doing these, like, interviews. And I was using my phone at the time. It was the only mic I had. Yeah. I'll be like this on my phone and she would record and I would grab the audio from my phone and sync it know, to the video. Sync everything together. Um so she was at first she was like, There's no way I'm doing that. I was like, it's a hundred bucks. I promise you it will only be an hour. She's like, All right, fine. So we went and did it, dude, and I edited the video in like probably 30 minutes, and I was done before noon. And she was like Ely, this is the dumbest video I've ever seen in my life. This is not funny. And I was like laughing my butt out. I'm like, this is so funny. <laughs> and she's like, it's not funny. And so I'm like, whatever. I'm still going to post it. And I posted it. And in 10 hours, I had like 300,000 views. Mm. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, this is pretty interesting. Yeah. I was like, all right. So and Maya was like, whatever, dude. I was like, I told you to <laughs> get like a lot of views. But like... I was like, I wonder if like we could do this again. So like I called Alex Sos because me and Alex, you know, being cousins, we've we've done this forever, dude. Where he like has always been super creative and gets me out with ideas and we went and made videos doing magic yep. uh, on the street and stuff like that. Um and so I called him and I was like, dude, we, we gotta try this again. Like this video went viral. I wanna do it in a different carriage and see yeah. how it does. Somewhere closer than OU. So we went to OSU. Yeah. Quick two hour drive. And we we did the video and I edited it in my car on campus, like in the garage. And I yeah. posted it in the garage. And we're on our way home. And I'm like, dude, check on the video. Like, how's it doing? He's like, bro, it has 70,000 likes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, dude, we're definitely doing something right. So then we just kept doing it. Yeah, and um, we we've been to like I think like almost twenty universities. Um, mm. we went on like a little college tour, bro. It was really hard to do, like managing my coffee shops as well, um, yeah. and doing magic shows. But we somehow made it happen. We did like two colleges a week, um, and we were bumping out so much content. Uh, right now we're pretty slow because like everyone's at home right yeah. now, but we, we can't wait to get back to it. Um, yeah. but dude, it grew so fast. And so I'm really excited to see where this takes us. I, I would like to eventually transition these videos to like more comedy, like, you know, skit yeah. type stuff. Um, but right now, dude, I mean, what's cool is like we're hitting Logan Paul numbers when he was on Vine. And that's what right. gets me most excited is like, this is, uh, this is really, really good. And we're holding on to it right now. So. I think my favorite part it's about it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite part is so when you and Sos came up to BG, bro, it's just a good time. Like you're laughing all the time. You're meeting a bunch of people. Like, yeah, it is. How, it's, you, it's such a good vibe. Yeah, and it's just like fun. Like, why wouldn't you do it? You know what I mean? Like, even walking around watching you, I was like, I was thinking about it. My buddy Jamar is like kind of my sauce, um, super creative, yeah. does film work and stuff. And I was thinking back, he like, I think my freshman year, so two years ago, he goes, dude, what if we did like a walking podcast where you like carry the microphone and we just like yeah. ask people questions. And so I texted him after we were together. I was like, bro, remember when you had that idea for like the walking podcast? He's like, it. he was like, he was like, ask people like deep questions. Like, yeah like ha about happiness death like all these things and i text him and he goes he goes honestly dude i don't even remember that he just i just have so yeah. many ideas you know um uh, yeah. yeah it's just like it's fun to do it and it's like yeah i love it i uh, you know it, it's like really really cool i i told alex i was like we're not working like and the thing is we don't make money either off this like We've had a combined like total of 16 million views, I think, in the last like couple months. Mm -hmm. And like I've probably made like a hundred bucks. 
mm. like off TikTok. So like it doesn't pay anything. Like like we have to pay for gas. Like we're definitely losing money. But like at the end of the day, it's like super special, dude. Like we're gaining something worth more than money right now. Um, so I think that as long as we just hang on to that, dude, like we have something so um just special. Like yeah. we're, we're very lucky right now. And we're um it's crazy because when, when I did it with my sister and she was like holding the camera and um I was asking these questions. Dude, I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> um but now we have like a routine, bro. So it's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Mm. But it's exciting, man. I'm I'm excited to see what this uh, next semester brings. I we have a lot of ideas uh yeah. that we're bringing to the table. I think uh, we're also making like a party series for me and yeah. so it's basically just party. It's like nothing else other than just partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like dancing uh at a frat house or something like for like a full minute yeah. so i we don't work you know i always tell someone like dude we're not working bro like we're so lucky dude we, oh, we dude. basically we get to like pull around like twice a week <laughs> yeah that was like uh when i went to i went to the rocky river office to see the andor boys and we're sitting yeah. on the couch just talking and uh Cherno, he has a he has a toothpick in and he's yeah. like talking and he like takes his toothpick out and he goes, I'll be honest, man. He's like, I'm broke as shit right now. He goes, but this doesn't feel like work at all. And I think about that all the time, like just him, like with his toothpick, like I'm broke as shit right now. He's like, but this doesn't feel like work at all. Yeah, that's cool. And, and and you know what? I think that Cherno will be very, very successful. He's one of my boys. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that um what's the quote that I always used to hear is like um do what you love and the money will come. So yep. like I think that, you know, regardless of what you do, if you just focus on your craft, the money is gonna come one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like there's that guy in a house that with a best glass blowing and he's been there for twenty five years. Uh, but before he was like, who who does glass blowing? But he made yeah. a little company out of it, and and now like it's a huge staple in Ohio City. People go there and mm. they make art with him. And it's just it started out with him making like glass pieces. He decided to let other people try it, and mm. it turned into something amazing. So yeah, it's interesting, dude. Yeah, how do you keep yourself grounded when all these things are happening? These like achievements, you know. Like I remember when we were on campus people all over are like stopping like oh i see you on tiktok you know how do you keep yeah. yourself ground- grounded through it all um i still think i'm a nobody i, I mean I, I probably always have that like um I, I think that like i think that like my main goal is to entertain the world and mm. to like bring joy and I feel like when you lose yourself and you think like, oh, I'm famous, blah, 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 like that really messes up a lot of things. Also, like me meeting a lot of people who are famous, who I thought were going to be my heroes, uh, a lot of the times turn out to not be my heroes. And I always remember a lot of the experiences I've made. Uh, yesterday, so I'm in Portland, Ohio. It's like a random small town in Youngstown. <laughs> It's, it's really cute and like it's like in the country basically but um <clears throat> i was at like a subway and this dude like this was yesterday and this uh-huh. dude like like put his head out the window at the drive-thru at the subway and was like you're that tiktok guy and and i was with my girlfriend's dad and he was dying he was laughing his butt uh-huh. off and i was like what's up dude and he's like bro i love your videos blah blah, blah. and uh in that moment, like, I remembered, like, all the people that I met that I thought were cool that maybe weren't cool. So I, uh, you know, instead of me, like, going off and saying, like, all this stuff, like, oh, yeah, thanks for watching. I was basically like, dude, it's so nice to meet you. Like, thank yeah. you for, you know, thank you for being so nice. And, like, I, I appreciate it. And I just basically was super genuine. And I think it's important because... I don't want him going to his friends later that day and being like, dude, I met that TikTok guy who's a douchebag. Like, right. <laughs> I, I'd rather yeah. him be like, for the rest of his life, be like, dude, like, he was a really cool guy. Uh, so shout out Cortland Subway. Uh, 
it was a, it was a cool little experience. But I think that like staying grounded, man, is just like knowing yourself and like I know myself, dude. It's like I'm I'm not gonna change me, dude. Like to me, I'm always just like a magician who started from the bottom, dude. I, I'm a, I'm a nobody, bro. Like I don't mm. I don't really. I think that like I'll never take a private jet, like unless like I just want to be fancy with it. Like I don't. I think I'll always ride economy. I think I'll always like do stuff like that. Like I don't care, bro. I think I'll always mm. fly spirit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I really will, dude. I I don't. I I just like don't see um the point of like acting above anybody else, and uh, that's the cool part about like having so is like we are like brothers even though we're cousins and like yeah. we talk about like fame and stuff all the time and we freak out dude like when like we were at bw and like professors were like jumping on me and like, <laughs> and, like chasing us and stuff like that like when we're at acting and people taking selfies with us and like stuff yeah. like that like me and sons get in the car and we're like oh my god like, we're freaking <laughs> out. like it was the coolest thing ever um so it's like yeah dude like we we don't act like all high and mighty, bro. Like we we, we freak out. We think this yeah. is crazy, and we know it's crazy, and we're blasting. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. We and we we don't we have no clue why like this is happening to us, but um, we do know that like the entertainment factor is what matters. So, like if we can just keep entertaining the world, bro, it's huge. Because mm. yeah, man, I, I just want to make people laugh. That's it. I will say, like, the people who you can bring joy out of and, like, make them laugh in this world that's so full of, like, so much bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It just, like, it brings people up, even if you just, like, for a split second, you, like, I think I, I don't know who said this, but it's, like, for a split second, like, you make someone forget about everything they're going through whether good good or bad like for that moment like they're so present in just like that Bro, that's gotta joy. be me that's gotta be me. that was you who said that i definitely yeah i definitely told you that because because i think i told you that when i was talking to you about magic and how it makes people feel that's literally mm. the exact words i've used <laughs> it was crazy. earlier in this interview no 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 I told you this at um, Kintaro, the restaurant. Oh, yeah. I, I, I literally remember telling you that. Exactly. <laughs> you literally just said word for word. That's crazy that you remember that. Yeah, because, dude, there's other podcasts where I've said that exact same sentence, um, which is crazy, man. Um, but, yeah, it's literally magic. Like, that, it makes people forget the negativity in their life for just a mm. second. So, it, it, it's, it's unreal. So, if you could if you could text yourself five years in the past, what would you say and why? And then if you could text yourself five years in the future, what would you say and why? Oh God. And then you take a few just, beats too. Like one thing. Like text myself yeah. one thing. It could be one thing if you want to text yourself a little paragraph, XOXO Ely, like you do that too. Uh in the past. Hmm. I would say it's, you're gonna you're gonna get what you dreamed of and more. Mm. Um, and I would say always stay humble and like always thank God. That's it. That's what I would. That's what I would talk to myself in the past. What I would talk to myself in the future is. Um, I would say how grateful I am for right now, mm. like where I'm at, like right now. So, um, and I'm happy right now. And I think that's important because in the future, because I'm always wanting more. Like, like no matter what, I'm always like, dude, I, like right now, bro, I have the best life ever. But of course, I want more. Like I'm mm. always like I want more, I want more. Yeah. But if I really boil down to it, dude, I have the best life ever. I have food on the table. I have a shelter over my head. I have just uh, everything I could ask for. And but I always want more. 
So mm-hmm. in the future, I want to let myself know if I could talk to him, just like be like, look at your 22 year old self, and he is happy. Hopefully, you're happy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you're not still begging for more. You know. So, um, because I'm content, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm happy. I, I think that I, I'm always striving for more and for better and for you know just more success and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Gabe, I'm good, bro. I'm happy mm. right now. I could do this every day and be chilling. So, yeah. I love that, dude. Appreciate it. It's a blessing, bro. <laughs> um, Ilya, I want to take this moment to just show gratitude for you being you being authentic um i'm super appreciative for you coming on but just like for you really being you i think in this world that's so filled with people trying to fill other shoes um every time i see you it fires me up lights me up um and i know i'm gonna get a good laugh every time i see you too so i was i always look forward to that um if there is anything on your heart like last thing you want to say someone listening what would that be First off, thank you for having me on the podcast, babe. I love you, bro. I love you. I think that you're uh, a shining star, bro. I think that you're a light for many people. And I hope you do this for the rest of your life, dude. I think you're very good at uh, what you do. And, and you're very good at, you know, asking those deep questions. So I, I think I think that it's going to go very far for you, bro. Um, mm. The one thing that I want to leave anyone listening is... Um, never ever give up. Um, I know that sounds pretty cliche and you hear it all the time, but I I think that you can only fail if you quit. Mm. So, um, if you don't quit, you can't fail. So <laughs> that's that's the truth. Uh, so just never give up. Mm. I love and, it, and you're and you'll be successful. <laughs> right, Ely Magic. The man. Follow him on all platforms. I'll link everything. Again, I really appreciate you coming on. I know a ton of people are going to get a ton of value from this. So I really appreciate you, bro. Um, and if you made it this appreciate far in this episode, I love you. We love you. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. See you later, bro. Peace.